XP Realty in West Michigan. I'm here with Rebecca Yusan in Highland Beach, Florida. And this is Sylvia Drinks Wine. No, no, no. It's Rebecca Reads the Newsletter and Sylvia Drinks Wine. And it's our happy hour time. And what we do is we read the newsletter from GRAR, Greater Regional Alliance of Realtors. And we are ready to go because Rebecca is ready to read me the newsletter. Here we go. All right. This is the June 13, 2022 edition of the Greater Regional Alliance of Realtors newsletter. We're so good at saying that now. (laughs) Okay. So Realtor Magazine did a poll in this is intriguing, all right? They are saying nearly 75% of Americans say owning a home is more significant than a promotion. Wow. Or a successful career. It's more important than being able to retire. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) More important than owning a car. I would die if I didn't own a car. (laughs) More important than having children and earning a college degree. Wow. 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 That is nuts. Mm-hmm. But that's what they're saying. So that means there's so much opportunity for all of us. So that is great. Okay. Grow our membership totals. We are, since 2001, we're at an all time high of 3,633 realtors in Grow. And I noticed back in 2006, like we had hit a a high in 2006, and then it just kept dropping, 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 dropping until 2013, it started to go back up. Mm -hmm. So interesting Mm statistic if you're into statistics. Statistics. (laughs) Okay. All right. If you have been wondering how to be in a leadership opportunity with GRAR. Like if you've ever applauded, questioned, or critiqued decisions made by the GRAR Board of Directors, now is your chance to try to get involved, right? So if you're gonna complain, you can only complain if you're gonna do something about it. That's just me, but whatever. Okay, so the GRAR Board of Directors is comprised of a group of realtors that are tuned in to the needs of the marketplace. They're committed to providing a professional environment for realtors and consumers alike. They're dedicated to providing home ownership opportunities for all and are steadfast supporters of private property rights. Sweet. They are brokers, appraisers, and salespersons who have made real estate their career. They understand the value of a strong association and a comprehensive and accurate MLS. Mm. Mm -hmm. If you share these values and if you have at least two years of experience in a GRAR committee and you've participated in GRAR law, you can submit your resume. Okay. And what that means is if you're elected, it will be a three-year term and you'll have, you'll be responsible for attending one morning or afternoon meeting each month. You must serve as a director liaison to a committee, chapter, or task force, attend the annual planning retreat, attend association membership functions, 
business meetings at state and national conventions and provide written reports. And if you have any questions, you can call Pam or Julie. You know they are always ready to help. They are. Hey, love talking about that. Yes. Uh, number one, I don't think I want to do that. Okay. And number two, I have to go get my dog. He's barking, but I just want you to keep going. So I'll be right back. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um. And if you wanted to know how a leadership position, sorry, you just keep going, little girl. There is a list of people that you can call who have served and they'd be more than happy to tell you all about it because they're very, all of these people I know are very dedicated to our profession. Okay, so Grar was doing a fundraiser for the crisis fund called You've Been Flocked. And somehow all of the flamingos are missing. I'm so super confused. They're all missing. Okay. So they, they were doing this. They, the flamingo flocks were popping up on lawns of members and offices. Okay. And they were really close to raising $10,000, but the flock is missing. Like, who would do that? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Is it a conspiracy? Or did someone really steal the flamingos? <laughs> So they're at, Grar is asking for them back. Okay. I'm sure if you stole them and returned them, you won't be in trouble. They just want the flock back so they can continue their efforts on collecting money for a very worthy cause. Okay? Okay. I don't, okay. Have, I don't have them. I didn't take them. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so fun to wake up and have a flock of flamingos. I love flamingos. So. <laughs> I don't have them. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this next article is a long one. Okay. It's the letter of the law. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about escalation clauses. Mm. Did you know escalation clauses are an industry created concept? There's no statute or rule that governs escalation clause. We made it up. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So, but everyone is always questioning the language and rights and wrongs of escalation clause. So apparently the legal hotline is getting lots of questions and they've been getting them for years, yes. I'm sure. Yes. So um, they wanted us to know the bare bones escalation clause that you could write on your okay. offer. Okay. It would read like this. Buyers will increase their offer by $2,000 over any competing bona fide offer to an amount not to exceed $200,000. Okay, that's the bare bones one, mm -hmm. okay? All right, question number one. What if the competing offer includes seller paid closing costs or concessions? I mean, this is crazy. I know, it gets really so intricate. many scenarios. Okay, so here's the answer. If you're the listing agent and there's other competing escalation clauses or offers, but the next highest one has seller paid concessions. Yeah. This is what you do. Using the escalation clause would be much easier if all purchase agreements were the same, but they're not. <laughs> a buyer may offer a higher price, but require significant seller concessions. Okay, that's a problem. Uh, should the concessions amount be deducted from the purchase price of the competing offer? Okay, that's the question. Yeah. Logically, yes. Mm -hmm. 
But if, as here, the escalation clause does not expressly provide for such an adjustment, it's unlikely that a court would impose such an adjustment. Judges frequently remind us that it is not the job of the courts to rewrite our contracts in order to make them fair. Question number two. What if the competing offer is contingent on the sale of the buyer's home? Okay, here's the answer. An offer that's contingent upon the sale of a buyer's home is not favorable. It's not a good offer, okay? But buyers who must make their offer like this may offer a higher price in order to try to convince the seller that it's worth the wait, okay? Yeah. A seller may have no interest in a contingent offer whatsoever, but nonetheless, use the inflated price in that offer as a basis for calculating an escalation price, if that's permissible. Certainly, unless the escalation clause expressly says otherwise, any type of competing offer can be used to trigger the escalated price. Question number three. What if the competing offer also includes an escalation clause? Oh, yeah, that can be confusing, right? Okay, so here's the answer. Where there are two competing offers with escalation clauses, the most common question is whether the escalation clauses can be applied back and forth. Can they use them? Yeah, yeah. Which would increase the purchase price until reaching the highest cap. Yep. This is a question that should be specifically addressed in each and every escalation clause. Mm -hmm. Also, agents need to be very careful when dealing with competing escalation clauses. We are aware of several cases involving competing escalation clauses where the seller claimed that the agent improperly calculated the escalated price. (gasps) So now you're in trouble with your seller, your client. Obviously, sellers are going to be very unhappy if they think that their agent left money on the table. Yep. Okay. Question number four. So you should have a running money so you can run that by them or your broker. And then you have two people looking at it. But that's just my advice. But anyway, what do I know? Question number four. What is the status of the contract if the seller accepts an offer with an escalated purchase price and at the same time confirms the escalated price? So like, it means like they accepted the offer, but it had to kind of counter back to say what that price would be. So the answer is, did the seller agree to sell at whichever is the correct escalated price or only if the buyer agrees to the seller's calculation as to the escalation price? It's so confusing, right? I know. Suppose it is proven that the seller's calculation of the escalation price is $10,000 too high. Is the seller bound to sell at the lower price because they accepted or did the seller counter at the higher price? <laughs> a seller's response can be drafted in a way that makes clear whether the response is an acceptance or a counter offer. Sellers who want the security of responding to a counter offer at a stated price need to understand that the buyer is free to reject any counter offer. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Next question. This is a good one. What if the appraisal comes in at a price lower than the escalated price? The answer, many purchase agreement forms do not have an appraisal contingency. 
if there is an appraisal contingency, in the event the property appraises for less than the purchase price, the buyer is still obligated to close unless the mortgage contingency is not satisfied. In other words, if the buyer can still qualify for a mortgage pursuant to the terms set forth in the purchase agreement, the buyer is still obligated to close even if the property appraises for less than the purchase price. Question number six, can the seller ignore the escalation clause and simply counter back at the buyer's max price? Yes, there is, you, yes, bottom line. The buyer just put in the max price because they can't go over that price. Right. Okay, but then you're kind of counter offering, so you have to be ready for that to be rejected. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so Michigan Realtors has included a sample escalation clause addendum designed to help both buyers and sellers and their respective agents walk through the various issues that could be considered when including an escalation clause in the purchase agreement. And that clickable form is right there. Okay. Yes. Okay. Did you know the National Association of Realtors says real estate has been and remains the foundation of wealth building for the middle class. And it's a critical link in the flow of goods, services, and income for millions of Americans. I love that. Mm -hmm. Accounting, um, uh, home ownership accounts for nearly 17% of the GDP okay. in 2021. Put that on your blogs, guys. Do that. Do that. That's easy. Yeah. I just told you what to blog. <laughs> Good job, Rebecca. You're welcome. Okay, June 16th at 3 is the 3 on 3 at 3. Okay. Watch the GRAR Facebook member page for details, and it's on their YouTube page as well. Okay. Okay? Cool. Okay, Keeping Current Matters wrote an article for consumers, and it's all about properly pricing your home mm. and what can happen if you price it too low or too high. And their best advice was place, price it on target, like right on the mark, because you're more likely to get more offers at a higher competitive price if you price it right on the mark. Mm -hmm. okay. Exceptional advice. And there's even a really nice little, what is this called? Info. A thing. Infographic. Yeah, it's that. And you should use this because that is nice for your social media and educating your clients on how to properly price their home. Okay. Okay. The 2022 Code of Ethics training is due. We're all required to take the Code of Ethics training every three years. And grar, it's our time to do it. You can take the free course online through NAR, or my favorite is to go to GRAR, yes. even though they're saying they would rather you take the free one. <laughs> they're holding classes at GRAR, yeah. and Julie and Pam teach it, and I love it. Yeah. I wish I could go to it, yeah. but I could be there. There's quite a few different dates, and it's so they're very entertaining, and it's I love hearing the stories. The stories about the crappy things people end up doing. Yes. <laughs> like somebody did that. Oh gosh. 
Yeah, and those two are just so funny because yeah. they 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 try they're very professional yeah. and they don't want to share the wrong information and I just I like listening to them. They're yeah. funny. Yeah. So, it is $15, but it includes a light breakfast and 3 hours of continuing education. I like it. Okay. Okay. <sighs> This is another tough one. Oh man. Presenting offers. So okay. you're the listing agent. Okay. You're getting offers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you present them? Yeah. You can. You, there's two ways. Okay. You can present them immediately uh-huh. or delayed. Okay. Yes. So if you present, and it's up to your seller what they want you to do. Yes. Okay. If you pres, if you say you're presenting offers immediately, um, okay. Once you okay, that ah. just means you present them as they come in. Period. Okay, um, and the really crazy thing is, once you present the offer, you have met your obligation for the code of ethics. Okay, under that way to present offers, but the seller can accept, reject, counter, call for highest and best, or do nothing at all. Right? They can just sit. Yeah. Whatever they want. Cuz they're the boss. Okay? Um it but it is best practice and professional courtesy for the realtor to engage in timely and effective communication with cooperating brokers. I mean, yes. You have to do it. This option offers the seller the most flexibility is what they're saying. Okay. The other option is to delay the offers. So that means the seller sets a date, all offers are due by this date and time, and you present all of the offers at once. Mm-hmm. That cannot change. <laughs> that has to stay the way it is. And but still once again, the seller can accept, reject, counter, call for highest and best or do nothing at all. it's up to the seller. And once the realtor delivers all of the offers, they have fulfilled their obligation. But also it is professional courtesy, same thing, to engage in timely and effective communications with property brokers. They have pointed out that um you should avoid this danger zone at all costs. Okay. Do not publish a date on the MLS and then accept an offer prior to that date. No. The MLS strongly discourages agents and brokers from publishing a date on the MLS and then trying to change or remove the date. That happens. Yeah. And they say, "Oh, the seller decided." <laughs> That is really crappy. Yeah. If there is any possibility whatsoever that the seller will want the flexibility to accept an offer quickly, do not right. establish a delay and publish your date on the MLS. Yeah. Know your seller. Know your client. Have the conversation open and honestly. Tell stories. Well, now I'm putting my own. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, any journey into the danger zone will surely lead to disgruntled buyers, disputes with cooperating brokers, the involvement of our grievance committee and possible sanctions 
Data integrity sets our MLS apart from national third-party websites. Brokers and the consumers they serve rely on this information to be trustworthy. I don't need to say anything more about that. Follow the rules. <laughs> That's a good one. Okay. Weekly Q&A. We are powering through You're this, You're doing guys. so good. Cheap. I am so proud of you. That's a lot to tell us in one <laughs> setting. Okay, good job. Is it? Yeah. I'm yeah. good. I'm good. At, I have a lot of experience reading these now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You should be answering this question, okay. Sophia. What is blockchain? Oh God! And I yeah. The answer. Okay. You, thank you. Because yeah, it's I let's I'm I'm excited about it. But yeah, we learned about this from that young kid mm-hmm. at that <laughs> restaurant. Where did we go? It was uh, what's the Max's uh, hideaway? Yeah, Max is yeah. the one. No, Seaside Max's. Hideaway, the Tiki yeah, Bar downtown. And we sat next to this young guy who knew all about blockchain technology. This is like a year ago. Like last he summer. Like our son. Yeah. <laughs> but he liked us. He thought we were cute. And, and he told us all about blockchain technology. It was really cool. Anyway, you go ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay. Early adopters in real estate predict the industry will irreversibly, will be irreversibly altered by blockchain technology. What real estate professionals should know about this technology is straightforward, says Dave Conroy from the National Association of Realtors. Blockchains are simply a new way of thinking about how information regarding a transaction should be stored or shared. Blockchain uses smart contracts to expedite the flow of funds, making property transactions fast, convenient, and seamless. Documents are uploaded in real time. Parties retain control of their own data and amendments are visible to all participants, thereby ensuring content accuracy. And if you'd like to know more, you can click to read more and watch a video. Okay. I highly recommend uh, that. Yeah. Sounds like I something you should know. I don't know why it's freaking me out, but it's like, okay, this is another, you know, it's another thing I have to learn that I'm just not ready to, quite ready to learn, but yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just tell Glenn Sanford to handle that. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Okay, next question. What can I do to learn more about a property that has a sign in the yard but isn't on the MLS? This is happening, right? Okay. If the sign belongs to a GRAR member, please keep the following in mind. If the listing agreement hasn't been signed, the agent may advertise the property with the seller's written consent. Mm -hmm. There is a risk in this practice. Since the actual relationship doesn't exist and another agent could approach the seller directly, right? Yes, Yes. Next, once an exclusive right to sell listing agreement has been signed, the listing must be submitted to the MLS within one calendar day from the date that marketing begins, or within three business days if no marketing is occurring, whichever occurs first. Next, GRAR offers a delay of submission of listing addendum. Yes, it does. If the listing is unable to be submitted within three business days due to repairs, staging, photography, whatever. However, that addendum 
all marketing, including signs, until the listing has been submitted to the MLS. If there's a problem, you can reach out to Grar and let them know that you see a problem. I mean, all of this stuff is set up for our own good. Yeah, for sure. Seriously. Like, trust me, the integrity of Grar is top, top notch. notch. <sighs> oh, there's a reason. Okay. Next question. How many real estate transactions may be conducted before a real estate license is required in Michigan? The answer, several states limit the real estate activity of any persons, even if they are acting on their own behalf. Michigan has one, is one that has limitations on the number and frequency of real estate transactions that a purchase may conduct before a real estate license needed. In Michigan, a license is required if more than five transactions are conducted in a year. What seems unclear is if the use of multiple corporate entities is a workaround to the law. Yeah. Ultimately, those who may be in violation would be reported to Lara for investigation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is interesting. Okay, last question. Where might I find a list of local businesses that offer discounts to our members? That's easy. Visit the Member Perks tab on the member side of the GRAR website. Apparently, there's local businesses including technology services, project products, risk management insurance, marketing, office supplies, and service services, transaction management, travel, automotive, etc. Cool. <laughs> Brands. The Break Room, Therapy, Sam's Club, Sarah's Sweets Bakery, Lucy's Cafe, and more. I had no idea. How fun. Yeah. We love the discounts. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Okay. Okay. Safety corner. Really quick. Okay. I'm ready. There is a video you can watch about the true nature of crimes against realtors. Mm. Apparently, there's a misconception in the industry that crimes against real estate agents are random but they're not. They're predatory in nature. That is frightening. Yes. So I'm definitely gonna watch the video. Yeah. And the tip is do not overshare about your personal life on social media. That's it. Crazy. Yeah, it's very scary. <laughs> Yeah, mm -hmm. so go through your social media and make sure you clean it. <laughs> well, thank you, Rebecca. What else? Do we have events now? Um, Forewarn training, June 15th. That's tomorrow. Okay. Um, lots of uh, pre-licensing classes, lots of RPR webinars. Ooh, there's a virtual June 14th virtual fair housing trending for LGBTQ plus community. Oh, interesting. Um, ooh, June 16th WCR member only event. You have to be a member. I am a member, but I'm a member in Northern Michigan. Mm, doesn't count. Oh, are you sure? I have no idea. <laughs> Good <guess. laughs> Oh, August 17th, 
well, that's a long time away. Wake up with YPN. Don't know what that is yet, but that's when it's going to be. Okay. Well, Rebecca, thank you for reading the newsletter. It was a lot of words this week, but you did so good. <laughs> so good. One more. This was. This wasn't bad. It wasn't. Yeah, there, there's been more, but there was a lot of words this week. I'm just saying. Well, probably because we didn't have a newsletter for like the last two, three weeks or something. No. Right. So, good job, Gar, and good job, Rebecca, and thanks for joining us. Bye.